I'm Dave. And I'm Nancy. And this is Middle-Aged Wisdom. Where we talk about mistakes we've made. Lessons we've learned. And sharing things we think are super cool. So you can get closer to living your best life. Welcome to episode 18 of the podcast, Middle-Aged Wisdom. Today, we're going to be talking about the subject of empathy. We're going to be talking about the difference between sympathy and empathy, give you some advice for different ways to be empathetic with the people around you. There's not just one type of empathy, for instance. We're going to be talking about some different examples of where this has come up for the two of us in our daily lives and our, in our work life. Uh, but really quick, the difference between sympathy and empathy, they're two things that often get really uh, sort of confused or intertwined. Sympathy is more observational or unemotional, whereas empathy is actually entering into and sharing the feelings to some extent of the person you're interacting with. So kind of an interesting analogy would be, uh, let's say you're standing on the edge of a pool and a friend of yours is in the pool and they're having a moment and they talk to you and they say, wow, this water's really wet and it's, and it's cold and I'm uncomfortable. And you're standing there in the edge of the pool and maybe you touch the water with your fingertip and you go, yeah, it's, yeah, that's cold. And you really just- Sounds a lot like what my husband would do to me. <laughs> yeah, it's very unemotional. It's just sort of observational. That would be more sympathy. <laughs> uh, empathy would be more, you actually get in the water and you're alongside them a little bit and you're like, you know, you're right. I, I feel this with you. This this does feel cold. And Brene Brown, a really famous author, podcaster, motivational speaker, um, she talks a lot about vulnerability, but she had a really interesting quote, empathy fuels connection and sympathy drives disconnection. Yeah, big difference, big difference. So this is one of those things where we, it came up in conversation a bunch recently, so we thought it'd be a good thing to explore and talk about. And I've also uh, had some training recently where I learned about this in a little more depth, and I'll share some of the different types of empathy that I that was a new thing for me. But Nance, you had a thing come up recently in conversation where this really, you were really struck by this. Right, it spoke to me because at work, obviously we're dealing a lot with empathy these days, and we always do in the business that I'm in, being a dentist. So empathy, understanding people's situation, we have it a lot when sometimes people fear you know, comes out in dentistry, like they, they're fearful. And so sometimes that comes out with arrogance or can be downright mean, you know, and it's misplaced amongst different people depending upon the situation. So a patient is expressing that. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but recently for me, um, I was having a conversation with some friends and I was working last week where a lot of patients just had a lot of questions and maybe people they knew were just talking about COVID you know, it just kept coming up. And I went back in the break room and I saw my one of my hygienists and I said, oh my gosh, I, I just sometimes don't know what to say, you know? Um, sometimes I, I dive in, I'm, I'm the compassionate type where I wanna fix everything and I want everyone to feel like they're heard and come up with a solution. 
and I feel like I'm saying the wrong thing. You know, I feel like my friends get upset. I feel like sometimes the patients just stop talking because I'm, I've gone too far, you know? And, um, and she said, you know, the best thing during this time is to just say, I'm sorry. I get it. I understand. And then that's it because everyone's going through all of this at the same time. And I thought that was really mindful because for me, when I do have that situation with friends or family, whoever it is, I always just want to dive in really deep, you know, and fix things and get to the bottom of what's troubling. And especially if it's science-based, look out. I will <laughs> look up things until no, I'll spend hours looking up a solution, trying to figure out the best thing to do because I have that C you know, in the DISC personality test, the C personality type. Mm -hmm. Nance has a fire hose of scientific wherewithal at the ready to just <laughs> douse any problem just at a moment's notice. Like, oh, 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 this is a science-based question. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you can look up this and you can look at that. And she goes, it. and the point of that, though, is, is that what the person needs? Right. Is that what they are asking for or will help them in that situation? Do they really want you to solve their problem? That is what this episode is about. Kind of reading people, seeing what they need at that moment, and maybe not necessarily always going to your go-to method of empathy, which for me is fixing it. Yeah, and, and I think if there's one thing you take away from this episode, it's that if you wanna be uh, empathetic in the most meaningful way possible, useful way possible for the person you're interacting with, it starts with curiosity, a level of curiosity to figure out what it is that person probably needs from you in that moment, because it may not be where your instincts are pointing. It might be, but it might not. Okay. So let's talk about the three different types. So the three different types are cognitive, emotional, and compassionate. Cognitive is defined as perspective or unemotional. So to me, just when we are kind of figuring out this episode, it spoke to me like really kind of like sympathy, mm -hmm. like unemotional. You're just saying, oh, that stinks. I'm so sorry. Right. It's a very point blank thing. And that's kind of what my hygienist was saying to me. She said, you know, maybe just doing this cognitive method is the best way to just sit alongside them, make sure that they're heard, make sure that you understand their problem and don't really try to solve anything. Yeah, and it also kind of made me think of in a business setting, which usually like in a meeting or that sort of thing around work, you're not going to get into a bunch of emotional stuff, but somebody might need to feel like their point of view is being heard mm -hmm. and listened to, uh, even if you don't take their advice or use their idea or whatever it is it's important that people feel heard. So that's where the cognitive empathy, I think is a, a really good thing to keep in mind, especially in meetings. And something else to be mindful of is that I know some people that have only cognitive responses, right? I'm a person that I actually wanna hear people's feedback. I want to hear what they have to say because I give that and so I that's kind of what I expect in return. But that's not necessarily how everyone deals with something that I mention. So if that person has the cognitive comeback and they say something to me like, oh, that stinks, I just want to say like, well, what do you think? You know, help me. <laughs> Is that help it? Help me figure like, this out, you know? Yeah. So I think just being mindful that there's other methods. And that's uh, back to that Brene Brown quote, which she, you know, to repeat it, it, she says, empathy fuels connection and sympathy drives disconnection. So if you kind of miss the mark on the type of empathy somebody's mm -hmm. looking for, 
or empathy versus sympathy, it can actually have destructive consequences for your relationship. Oh, really quick before we go on to the second one, Dave, I I always call it the menu of options. You know, <laughs> Dave will say to me, now, what do you need right now? Do you need me to listen? Do you need me to give you advice? Do you need me to kind of just hear you out and like sit alongside you in this? And it drives me bonkers. <laughs> but at the same time, it's really helpful because sometimes we do just want someone to just listen and vent to. Yeah. And you can't ask that of just anybody. So <laughs> right. Nance is my wife. So like if she starts venting to me about something, I can actually ask her that. And she might get a little annoyed at the time, but it'll actually help me be a better listener uh, and more empathetic for what she needs in that moment. But I will actually ask her that. Yeah, you just need a vent. You need me to solve your problem. And then it, it and, definitely primes me to be more effective with her in that moment. In a government meeting, you probably don't want to say, now, what do you need from me? You probably, <laughs> probably just want to hear and listen them out, you know? Okay. So yeah, be, yeah, yeah. being effective with how you're listening and taking that um, information is useful as well. Okay. Yeah. Number two. Yeah. So the second type of empathy, empathy is emotional empathy, which is feeling alongside the person as if you caught their emotions or their feelings. So that would be really akin to jumping into the pool with the person, like I mentioned earlier. So an example of this would be like not only just having someone vent to you, but also maybe asking some follow-up questions. So not really giving advice, not really talking about everything, but if you if you get kind of that fire hose from someone that they just keep spilling about their day, you can kind of ask questions like, oh, what do, what do they say next? And did that person respond to that? Or what? why did that happen? And what kind of just interested in the story. You can kind of just listen and see if there's any kind of follow-up questions just so it's engaging. Yeah, and it's also uh, helping that person figure out their feelings. And, and this is where it can be okay to express a time maybe you felt similar feelings to what they felt in maybe a similar situation, as long as you don't so go so far as to hijack the conversation and make it about your issue. But it'd be, you know, I had blah, blah, blah happen to me one time and I, and I know what you're feeling and it's, and it's pretty sad, huh? Whatever it is, but you kind of, you try not to look on the bright side with the person because the, the worst thing you can do in that situation is, is, is try to diminish what they're feeling and say something like, well, at least you're not blah, 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 or, right. or, but you got this going for you. And it then should it should never start with at least. Yeah. That's a Brene Brown, Brown thing too, mm -hmm. because that definitely makes the person's feelings feel diminished, like they shouldn't feel them or, you know, why are you complaining? You got blah, blah, blah. And that's such a hard thing for me to do too, because I'm so positive and I'm so, I try to bring the best out of every situation and I have to be very mindful. And this is something I have to work on as well, because it's a constant thought in my head when these things happen. I don't want to just go in and say, oh, it's all sunshine and roses and everything is going to turn out just fine because oftentimes it stinks, you know, a lot on our Instagram pages, I'll write certain things and I want everyone to know that people go through stuff and, and you have to take on how you deal with things and how you process things. But the true meaning is that everyone goes through things and sometimes your way of dealing with something is just to try to see the bright side. Yeah, yeah. Another thing I wanted to bring up about this one, emotional empathy, is 
yeah, you might look at somebody from the outside and think they're all so successful, have money, whatever it might be that you, you think that they should have nothing to ever complain about. But a friend of mine, a guy named John Burke, he wrote a book called uh, Request for Personality. But he uh, he told me once that you can't argue a feeling. So if somebody's feeling something and you're interacting with them, it is absolutely pointless to argue somebody's feeling. Like you might have an opinion about whether you think they should feel what they're feeling in that moment, but it is but it is totally irrelevant. Like if they feel that, let them feel that. Don't try to cut it off or diminish it. Let right. them feel that, it's okay. That happens a lot with kids too, that kids will often, you know, cry or um, be upset over something. And just like Dave said, it's pointless to say, don't cry, don't feel this, you shouldn't feel this way, because it's very natural for them to feel that emotion. You can say all the other things that might be helpful to get them through that, like, let's look at this, or why did that happen? Or let's talk about how we can fix this for next time. But to tell them to stop doing an emotion is is not very effective. And it's really hard as a parent sometimes because you'll see why the kid is crying and you're like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. Right. <laughs> that's, that's a tough it takes one. takes a lot of self-control. It's yeah. tough. Um, I remember specifically having a patient in my chair and um, she wasn't in a very good mood. Um, it was one of those that she had her cleaning done and then she was coming to me for a filling or a couple of fillings or something. And the hygienist said to me, she is in a bad mood. <laughs> you know, she's not really talking, just so you know. And I said, okay, good to know. Well, I found out after talking because I just asked some questions and the poor thing had just gone through a miscarriage. And this was one of those moments where I sat with her and I just said, I've been there. Um, I've gone through all of these things with you. You know, I've, I've everything that you, that you felt, I understand how you're feeling and it's okay to be mad at the world right now. Um, and she started crying and she said, thank you. You know, that's so meaningful to me. And we chatted a little bit more about it, but now every time she comes back to me, she actually says to me, everything you said to me was so meaningful. I just want you to know that. And that means the world to me because I connected with somebody and I helped lift her out of that situation because I knew that that wasn't who she was. Um, it was just that particular moment. Okay, so the third type of empathy is compassionate empathy. And this is where you are feeling the other person's pain and taking action. So this is where if Nance comes home and is venting to some to me about something, it is, hey, let me solve your problem. What are we gonna do about it? Hey, I can do blah, blah, I can do this for you. I can do that for you. So as another example, I work in public works. So I, I work as, a, as an engineer and I work on government, you know, public works related design and construction projects. So we build stuff, okay? And we're often in people's neighborhoods and then we have these public meetings. And I'll go to these public meetings and residents will be there. And they may have something to vent to me about. Maybe it's the pothole in front of their house, that sort of thing. And if they're venting about a pothole, okay, so that's one of those things where I have to say, okay, that stinks. Anytime you drive over a pothole that, you know, that's no fun. It rattles your teeth. But you know what? Here's what I'm going to do about it. That's where you're actually going to take action to address what the person is dealing with. Okay. But the other thing can happen sometimes at public meetings, which gets into more emotional empathy, which is sometimes the person has something that they want to vent about. It's like maybe some one time the government reassessed the, the property taxes on their house and they just want to vent to me about that, even though that's not at all what we're there for the meeting for. And I have to just kind of listen 
And sometimes the funny thing is if I let the person vent for five minutes, they're fine. They're kind of wear that out. And that's, and then all of a sudden they have a smile on their face because I just sat and listened to them and they didn't actually need me to solve a problem for them. That would have been the emotional empathy. That happens a lot in our industry too, especially at the front desk. I know a lot of the girls have these things where they just have to have the person just vent and just and just listen to them. And I think it's interesting in the world that we live in is we talked about this in a previous episode, just about having two ears and one mouth. I think people feel that need because they don't get it somewhere else. They feel that need to just let it loose on the first person that is sitting there to listen because they may not have the support from a friend or a spouse or someone close to them. And so that's their outlet. Um, And I think that when you're in an industry or you're working in retail or restaurants or um, small business and you're working with the public, I think we all have to recognize that this may be the situation. Most of the time, like nine times out of 10, it has nothing to do with us. Yeah, and like with the restaurant example, that'd be one where sometimes if a if a customer has a complaint, you need to show compassion for that person, but then actually do something to fix it. And then that makes them feel whole or feel listened to properly. So especially in these times, 2019, 2020, there are some really big social movements that require empathy from us. Um, Me Too movement was last year, Black Lives Matter this year, LGBTQ. These types of things, I just have to recognize, I just will never know what it feels like to be in that group. So for example, on Black Lives Matter, I'm a a woman that is white and I will never know what it feels like to be them. So I can feel their pain, I can ask questions, I can try to see what they're feeling, um, and I can take action. You know, I can join their movements, I can promote awareness, yeah. I can, you know, I can do things that will help the cause. Yeah, so that's one where I think it's easier to show compassion and empathy because it is something where you could help them with their issue, but the depth of your ability as a white person to feel the same emotional uh, feelings alongside them is just going to be limited because I can't feel what they're feeling. So this year we're dealing with COVID. We've dealt with miscarriages in the past, like those types of things. Unless it's happened to you or someone you're really close to, it's sometimes difficult to process exactly what that person's going through or the feeling or the emotion. With COVID, we have to recognize that some people are losing loved ones. You know, they're going through that pain of everything's fine and then all of a sudden it's not fine. They think about the last time they spoke with them. They think about the last conversation and that might have been the last. And that's a very, very heavy thing to think about. Yeah, and like the the miscarriage example too, as a man, I can never really feel the depth of feeling that a woman would feel having gone through a miscarriage, even if you're the dad. It's just not the same. So it's important to recognize in those situations that you can listen and, and try to ask questions of the person, but maybe you're not even the right person to show the empathy that that person needs, even uh, depending on the situation, right? But to summarize this whole episode, really what, what we're after is that there's different types of empathy. There's different ways to show a person empathy based on what they need in a given situation. And it's vitally important that you show some curiosity, that you not jump to some sort of impulsive way of solving the person's problem. 
And you do that by asking good questions. And also recognize that how someone empathizes to your situation, they may not know these other things as well. You know, so they might only have a cognitive way of looking at it, an emotional or compassionate way, and that might be the way they fix everything, um, and that's their way. So just recognizing that is really helpful as well. And in the uh, words of Brene Brown, we're going to repeat this one a third time, empathy fuels connection, sympathy drives disconnection. Mm -hmm.